Thank you for taking the time out to listen to this SME SOS podcast special. Through this series, I plan to help those who own small businesses, as well as those dreaming of being their own boss, as we navigate through the most difficult time. I'd like to thank NatWest, Dell, 3 and Royal Mail for joining us in supporting the small business community at this unprecedented time and helping to bring this free podcast to life. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown The guests I welcome this week were experts from a variety of different sectors but they all shared an optimism for the future of small businesses as well as the idea that this time has forced positive change and action on a large scale be it within their own business, within the sector or just generally within society. I was talking to the team this week about exactly that and that big change creates energy, which when harnessed in the right way can be the most powerful force to drive you forward and accelerate your brand in a way you could never have hoped to in normal times. All of our experts in large organisations have agreed that what would normally take months of proposals, plans, meetings and then some more meetings to even get anything off the ground is now happening in days or weeks. It is this fast, decisive action that we as small businesses can harness and we must not forget this as we charter calmer waters. Later on in the episode, I'll be talking to Steve Barclay, MP, the Chief Secretary to the Treasury, and Rachel Wilkins from Dell. But first, it's Edward Perry, the co-founder of Cook. I met him a couple of years ago now, and ever since I stepped foot into the Cook kitchens, I have been fascinated by this company. I honestly think Cook is one of the best examples of brand and culture, and I plan to take the Holly & Co team there just to experience what culture, on such a large scale can look like. Hello Holly. Hello, how are you? I'm very well thank you, it's very nice to see you. Well I've been talking about your amazing culture um, and I'd love to ask you whether that helped underpin this you know this period of time. You know you're right that that is the great enabler for everything else. If we didn't have a good culture in place you know people simply wouldn't have turned up to work whether that be in the kitchens or logistics um, or in the shops. I think because the culture was there and people believed in what we were doing, people inevitably are that more prepared to go the extra mile because people have gone the extra mile um, to do this. Um, so, yeah, culture is absolutely everything. And I think what, you know, one of the key things I've learned in this crisis is certainly around internal communications. So we've always been pretty good as a business talking internally you know, telling everyone what's going on. But we've ramped that up massively. And that has made a huge, huge difference. You know, it's what's important is you talk to the team on an individual basis, on a collective basis. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm as you know, incredibly lucky that I run this with um, my sister, Rosie, and an absolutely brilliant senior team. And, and, you know, I think a big chunk of my time, Rosie's time is spent talking, talking to people in the business. You just got to keep, keep talking. You've got such a strong company culture. Um, on a practical level, when you said we had to up it, you know, yeah. what, what are those differences? One of the things we started doing right at the beginning was me and Rosie would send out a daily update at the beginning of each day by oh. some nine o'clock, yeah. something like that. 
which would be a combination of telling people what was going on in the business, thanking them, just, just setting the tones. We started, we've got a mental health team, the Wellbeing Warriors. They send out something and they're still sending something out every day, just with mental health tips, that sort of thing. We've got something we send out at five o'clock each evening, which is five o'clock pick me up, where we take all the good stuff uh, through customer care, just to give people a lift, to make people know how valuable the work that they're doing really is. So it's, it's, it's all that sort of practical stuff. It's, you know, for everyone listening, I'd never seen an example of culture um, executed so perfectly than when I went to the Cook Kitchens and met Edward and we did our um, conversations of inspiration. And so anyone who hasn't listened to our podcast, please do listen to it. Building businesses, culture, and certainly for small businesses, it doesn't necessarily get on the to-do list. But it's that company culture that keeps the sort of the camaraderie going. And it's, it's an amazing thing to witness. I'm sure you've been humbled by what you've seen with your team. Oh, completely humbled. And I think every company has a culture, whether you like it or not. You might not think it's yeah. important, but every company has a culture. And I think every company can intentionally make that culture better. You know, this is what year 24 of doing what we're doing. And we always had quite a nice culture, but it wasn't really, you know, and, I, and that's how I describe our culture as being nice. It never really moved forward until Rosie, my sister, sort of came into the business and in a very, very intentional way built it up. You know, culture doesn't happen by itself. It happens as mm. a result, you know, mm. of intelligent effort. I think many of us, and I, I was certainly... I still can be guilty of this and certainly used to be very guilty of this. Don't do the very basic things um, like saying thank you enough, asking people how they are. So it's the, it's the human things. And then it's a question of honesty. In our business, one of the values that we've got is called Churchill's Pig. And the idea behind Churchill's Pig is that Churchill once said, the great man once said, um, a cat looks down at a man, a dog looks up to a man, but a pig looks a man in his eye and sees his equal. And that's how we feel that we should communicate both with customers, with both people that are here and stuff. And I think that when times are difficult, it's much better that everyone's on the inside and understands what's going on, rather than a leader just taking everything on their shoulders and going, no, 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 it's gonna be okay. And then suddenly having to turn around two weeks later or three weeks later and going, Sorry, it's not okay, really. Has it changed the way you're looking at your business? Um, in terms of the operational stuff, our company is going to be pretty much transformed as a result of this. We'd set a four-year goal to build our home delivery business. And then this happens, and obviously home delivery takes off. And we've attached, we, we had a two-year plan to attach vans to every single one of our shops. And that's been done in two months. It's like, wow, this, is, this has just changed the whole business. Something I've wanted to do for ages, um, but never quite been brave enough, if I'm honest, is just have a counter-only service. I'm not wholly convinced that wandering around a load of freezers trying to decide what you want to eat is a particularly good shopping experience. And I've wanted to do a counter service for ages, but I didn't have the bollocks to do it. And now we have to do it because we're not allowed people in the shops. And guess what? It's actually working. So, you know, we are enormously lucky to be on the right side of this commercially and stuff. Yes, um, yes. But actually, if I, th if I think back to my time in 2008, when we almost went bust and how things worked then, I think that, you know, because there'll be lots and lots of people looking at their businesses, these carefully laid business plans and people have been operating for two, three, four years. And suddenly it's like, shit, this, 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 I have no sales. This doesn't work anymore. And I think if you are in that sort of situation, I think 
the one main piece of advice, it is the people who succeed and make successful businesses, it's not because they're the most creative or they're the most intelligent or, you know, they've got the best business plan or even the best product. It's the people who can persevere. It's the people who can, despite all the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, who can actually just keep going, who've got that resilience. So it's perseverance and the ability to persevere trumps everything. And the other thing is more practical, which is if you are, and I know a huge number of your audience are very creative and have creative businesses. I think one of the, you know, I'm not particularly creative, but I'm surrounded by creative people. And the sort of strength and the weakness when you are really creative is sometimes you hang on to your vision really tightly. And it's like, gosh, I had this in my head and this is how we're going to do it. And sometimes when you hit situations like this, you just have to let go of that tightly held and controlled vision and go, you know what? Actually, what's going to make this business work is not my beautiful idea. It's me. I, it's, I'm the person that's going to make this work. It's not so much about the idea. So let go of how tightly you're holding that thing, maybe, and change it into this or change it into that. Because, you know, I think that's ultimately what all businesses have to do at some point. One of the things I've been talking about is how in the future we believe, and again, I think this has accelerated it, um, the conscious consumer. And um, it's a wonderful journey we're going on, the B Corp journey. I talk about it a lot to this community. You inspired me to do it, and I'd love to hear your point of view. Yeah, I think what the B, what the B Corporation assessment does for a business is it forces you if you believe in the principle of using business as a force for good, it, it forces you to look at what that really means in a practical level. Actually, what does it really mean to be a force in good for society, you know, as measured by the environment, your communities, people that work for you? And I think, you know, aside from the B Corp thing, something I was reflecting on in terms of the change this is going to bring, I think, you know, it acts as the most enormous catalyst for stuff that was already happening. So the B Corporation movement, you know, business acting more responsibly was something that was happening anyway. It's just going to accelerate. And I think, you know, something that I know is close to your heart is life on the high street, which I just think, you know, we've got 90 shops and I'm thinking, wow, what is the future of the high street? Because even before this started, I was, I was looking at the future going, wow, no one would set up a high street business, you know, unless there is radical change. But we are human beings. We like community, we like coming together, we like going shopping, we like all of that. And there is going to be, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, there is going to be a complete revolution in what high streets look like. The whole thing is a complete massive rethink to try and encourage entrepreneurs to go back and take spaces in sort of communal spaces. I don't know, but I think this could act as the most, I think it's going to be brutal for the next two years, but hopefully out of the ashes something really good will come from it. What a lovely man, so down to earth and insightful. And I am so glad that he shares my optimism for the future. I do believe that consumers will become even more conscious. And as small businesses, I do urge you to consider this as you continue to grow your brand. Ask yourself, what am I doing that is good for the world? Aside from the positive impact your choices can make, I just guarantee you that customers of the future will be looking to support brands that think in that way and have doing good at the very core of their business. 
So I thought it was only right that as we're talking about doing good, that I return to one of my most spiritual past podcast guests, the formidable Asma Khan, who is the founder of Darjeeling Express. I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago for SME SOS. And if you haven't yet watched her video, please do. I think she had me in tears twice and her reasoning behind leaving the light on in her restaurant as she closed its doors back in March was truly wonderful. For now, though, here is Asma Khan from her podcast in 2019, talking about purpose. Your brand has to be meaningful. It has to have that depth that people feel that it matters to them. They feel a sense of pride when they wear your stuff, they buy your things. They know that this brand means this. I know for sustainable goods and, you know, for for restaurants that have an ethical policy, you know, as far as their staffing are concerned, that there's no abuse, there's nothing. You know, it cannot be stated strongly enough that it matters because human beings care about these things. They do not always look at the price. There is a value in the values that your brand carries. And that is so, so important. And it is not something that is a minor sideshow. Being socially responsible, doing something positive, helping other people, you must always keep driving yourself to that point where something you have created value. I think otherwise, you know, why are you alive? Why do you breathe? If you do not actually create something beautiful, do something positive, inspire someone. week NatWest give away their ad break space on conversations of inspiration and now when small businesses need our support more than ever they have extended this opportunity across this podcast special and if that wasn't enough I am thrilled to announce that NatWest will be giving six ad break winners their own bespoke business mentoring package including one-to-one mentoring and coaching sessions for more information head over to holly.co And now, over to this week's brilliant independent ad break winner. Mother Nature here. It's no surprise that I haven't been feeling great recently. My air is dirty, my seas are full of rubbish, my animals are being overhunted, and it's also getting really hot out here. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Anna, over at One Man's Trash, is doing her best to use up as much leftover waste as possible making really pretty earrings with a new life ahead of them. This means less consumption of new materials so we can slow down a little and try and get my balance back. In fact, it's not a secret. Shite from the rooftops. Not only is she using rubbish to reduce landfill, they make sweet little gifts to go to friends who need cheering up or even to cheer up yourself. Follow Anna on Instagram at at one man's trash UK to help support your friends, yourself, her, and me.
I'm not going to lie, I was very nervous ahead of my next interview. I had asked number 10 a few weeks ago if they might have someone who could speak to me as part of SME SOS. So I was thrilled when I got an email back to say that the Chief Secretary to the Treasury would join me. Steve Barclay MP is responsible for huge areas of public expenditure, including the childcare policy and women in business. So I was eager to get as many questions in as possible and channel my inner Paxman. Hi, Steve. Hi, Holly. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for joining us today. Steve, what's your gut feel for this famous 2020 and in particular the stability and recovery of businesses? It's tough. It's tough out there. We see that as ministers. We see it as constituency MPs. But at the same time, I'm really optimistic for the, the longer term because and the challenges we're facing, which are driven by health but affecting the economy, aren't because of a structural problem in the economy. So these are good businesses that can bounce back once we deal with the health emergency that we face. So the whole strategy that uh, the Chancellor has been following is to say, how do we accelerate that recovery? How do we avoid that permanent economic scarring and then enable people to do what they do best, which we run their own business, you're right, small businesses, absolute backbone of the economy, keep their staff and bounce back as quickly as possible. What I would like to ask is this community is basically thousands of small businesses that are creative. What are you going to do to support the creative industries? Yeah, well, it's firstly, it's trying to help people navigate just the weeks ahead as it is. And that's why we've been trying to help with cash flow. So whether that's time to pay on tax, whether that's deferrals, whether it was the grants linked to property, because property for many businesses is often one of the big costs. So the grants and also part of that was operationally, how can we deliver quickly? But then, of course, uh, the loans uh, and key, particularly for the small businesses, was again, we've tweaked it as we've gone along. So we had the C-bills loan. And again, a lot of small businesses were saying, but we need this quickly. So that's why the, the Chancellor put in place the bounce back loans. Uh, and I hope people on the call have been able to benefit from that. Uh, certainly, we've had good feedback uh, just in terms of getting those quickly uh, to those that need it. But what do you think that the government can do now to ensure the British independent high street thrives in the post-COVID um, economy? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things within that, Holly. I think there's first looking at what are the changes that come through uh, COVID. I mean, if you take within the health space, now GPs are treating uh, three quarters of their patients online as opposed to them coming in. And we'll see similar changes in, in retail and looking at um, how the high street will change probably be more about leisure, not just in terms of purchasing items. So it'd be more an experience, perhaps, uh, and looking at from a government point of view, how we can support uh, towns as they redesign, they redevelop, they repurpose for the future. So some of its specific things we can announce and fund, but also some of its looking at what are the trends. So one of the things, particularly given my role on spending, is how we use data far better. And so Within government, there's both how we use our existing data better, um, look at legacies where there is an interoperability in our data systems, but also how we use new sources of data to pick up on yes. trends, to see the direction of travel. And I think hearing from yourself, hearing from people who are actually at the sharp end running businesses, who see where those trends are, uh, allow government then to be much more nimble in how we design our support packages. But above all, to shift from just announcing a package to what the outcome 
that that is then delivering. Um, I want to go on to something um, relatively finally, if I may. Um, I'm obviously passionate about women in business. In 2018, 17% of SME employers uh, were led by women. I helped with the Rose Review um, and some of those incredible findings, such as closing the um, gap between women and men launching businesses, uh, could add an additional $250 billion into gross value add and the UK economy. Uh, one of your many responsibilities is women in the economy. Can you sum up what you're going to be doing to encourage more female entrepreneurship? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm a dad of a nine-year-old daughter. So, you know, I think of it not as whether it's, it's men or women, but as a dad, I want absolutely every opportunity for her. Uh, and also from a, a, a treasury point of view, we want to unlock all our talent. And in fact, it's not just on, on the gender side. I was on a call with two uh, BME uh, entrepreneurs uh, this morning about what more we can do uh, around stimulating the entrepreneurship uh, and unlocking talent for investors because again they were frustrated with some of the investment opportunities within the BME uh, community. So Alison Rose did the review in 2019 which for example that's been taken forward on the Future Fund making sure we're, we're, we're publishing all the data because a big part of this is when you have clear data what gets measured gets done so having, ensuring we're having transparency uh, around the data on it. So it is an important part of the agenda for us, but it's because it unlocks the best of our economy, and that's why it's the right thing to do. Uh, and, but I think that's across all areas of talent, because as the Prime Minister has often said, you know, opportunity might not be equally spread, but talent is everywhere, is equally spread. So we've got to make sure we unlock op that opportunity uh, across the economy, uh, the work Alison did is part of that. The women in finance uh, work that the Treasury has led on. So it is an important agenda and it's one we're very much promoting. My yeah. final question to you is, what pieces of advice or words of comfort could you share for small businesses right now? Yeah, I think what we've seen through this crisis is innovation accelerate. So we've seen, whether we touch on the furlough scheme in design quickly, we're seeing within the health community we're seeing the way people rally around so the shielding we've done for a million people with food parcels rolling that out to, to protect those uh, that need to stay at home we've seen within the business community just you know such rapid innovation as people have adapted and uh, and done different things so so it's that innovation that will drive us as a country forward get the economy uh, backfiring on all cylinders we've tried from a treasury to to create the structure through the furlough scheme and the self-employment scheme to enable that bounce back to happen quickly but above all what will drive it is the people on your call it's the innovators the entrepreneurs the people that know their business who will look at what the the challenges and the opportunities are and will bounce back as a result and i think we've seen that innovation through the covid crisis we're going to see it in the months ahead that's what stands the business community in good stead uh, and that's what makes me optimistic for the future. I was really pleased to hear such a positive outlook, not only for businesses in general, but also the idea that the government understands that the future of our high streets is immersive and experiential. If you watched the live, you would have seen that I did throw my hat into the ring a couple of times to share my views on the high street and women in business and my learnings with the government's team on the other side of this. They've actually already responded to take me up on that offer, so watch this space. 
My final guest was Rachel Wilkins from Dell. I'm always keen to hear what big businesses have learned along the way. With Dell's founder, Michael Dell, still at the helm, I know that the entrepreneurial spirit runs deep throughout their culture and the new initiatives that they have brought in specifically to support small businesses is a testament to that. Hi. Hello. And <laughs> um, I was just going to say, ever since we met and the conversations that we've had, there's always been such an entrepreneurial spirit, I would say, running through all of our conversations. Um, is this something that runs through the business from the founder? Because it would be great to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Dell was, we've just had our 36th birthday, actually. Um, oh and gosh. It was just 36 years ago when Michael Dell in his uni room with a thousand dollars created Dell. I mean, it's, it is pretty mind blowing, right? And obviously he's very much still part of the business, runs the business on a day-to-day -day level. And so, but it all grew from him as an entrepreneur. And something that is really strong throughout Dell is the entrepreneurial spirit. And especially if I look at me and my team, you know, my dad had his own business. Um, people in my team also, their friends and family have their own businesses. And so we're very much... Um, small businesses is very much in our heart and in our core of what we do. So um, apart from supporting us, um, what have Dell been doing to support small businesses? Okay, so we actually spoke to our small businesses when all this started across the globe um, because we wanted to be able to support them as, as support all small businesses as much as we possibly could. And there were kind of three big elements that came out people need the businesses needed to get new product and new service and new systems but they had no cash flow so we changed our offering where we can actually you can um, purchase product but then on a naught percent interest we then spoke to another set of people who actually said you know what even in six months time I might not have the money to be able to pay for the product so we actually then set up a new service where it's like a subscription service where like you pay for your mobile phone like 25 quid a month whatever so you can actually pay yeah. monthly yeah. for the product instead like the same cost as like a cup of coffee every day um, and be able to kit out your business and then there was another set of customers another set of small businesses though who were saying well actually like creative agencies and and people like this yes. who have people in the office but with desktops they need to have something as a kind of a quick fix um, to make them and uh, enable them to work from home. So they didn't need the product for like they might only need a long time. time. Yeah. yeah. So we actually then introduced a leasing service. We're trying to make it as easy as possible for customers to run their business and keep their business going and um you know and, and obviously tech being the biggest element so um Rachel are you saying that the people listening today those mm -hmm. who are listening can can also benefit from those things that you've just yeah. spoken about yeah absolutely if you're a small business you absolutely can I really want to use all of you amazing um people in this community to also give me feedback of actually what else do you need right now but what do you need in the future that we can do better at or or change up how else can we support you the community please do dm um email me hello at holly.co yeah i think it could make a huge difference i wanted to rachel read some comments that are coming out um mindfulness craft how will dell change now 
from the new norm. So we're not calling it the new norm here. We're calling it better. But uh -huh. what's your thoughts on that? How do you think Dell will change? I think the communication way and connecting with people, I think is going to definitely continue as we've, as we, as we've, been doing now and then yeah there'll be some other changes that will surely have especially like working from home and you know twitter has said last week you know you can always work from home now and actually that's amazing like absolutely amazing from the productivity you get from your employees when you can actually work from from home instead of having to commute into the office so that would be amazing to see that continue as well so it has been a positive thing for you as well totally a positive thing yeah and especially the the parents um in the business as well and to be able to work you know flexibly around children especially when they go back to school or even now you know they need to they can't do homeschooling and do a full-time job absolutely not so to be able to just give a few hours here and there and make it up here and there you know all that kind of flexibility pieces is, is absolutely amazing and that needs to continue yeah what words of comfort do you think you could give if you can give some uh, or, or share any insights that you believe for this small business community from your point of view, from Dell's yeah. point of view? I think from, well, from my point of view, something I've learned loads recently is you can plan as much as you want, but actually what does six months look like? Like no one <laughs> knows the answer to that question. And, but what that, brings is the most amazing opportunity because no one has no one no one has the answer and so we now have an opportunity to kind of make it what we want to do take the risks you know there's no right or wrong so when you're looking at your business and if you're looking at it and thinking do i grow do i change my product line do i need to change my um offering yeah do it do it just do it like there's no right there's no right or wrong at all and so i think that is uh, we're all in the same boat thank you so much rachel brilliant thanks holly thanks take care bye bye bye, bye. bye. You'll hear, even just from that short conversation, that our partners do genuinely have a passion for supporting small. And the way that they have listened to the needs of this community and come up with solutions, I just think is amazing. Rachel and her team really do want to know what this community needs from them. So do DM me or comment in our Facebook group. We've had such brilliant insights already, so please do keep them coming. Let's now reflect on some of the happy news stories out there. A new initiative called Project Wingman, set up by two pilots and fronted by furloughed airline staff as volunteers, is providing NHS workers with a first-class lounge experience between their shifts. Staff can indulge in a nice cup of tea and handmade sandwiches, specially crafted sweet treats whilst reading a magazine. A very well-deserved break. So far, there are 60 lounges open and run by 4,000 volunteers. And did you know toxic carbon fumes in London have reduced by nearly 60% since lockdown? And finally, a Dutch primary school teacher missed her students so much that she knitted doll replicas of all of her 23 students down to every last detail of hairstyle, freckles and clothing. 
I want to always shine a light on the brilliant examples of community, creativity and generally small businesses doing fantastic things. I want to include this every week. So do tag me on Instagram and I will keep my eyes peeled. Recognising that lockdown is possibly the hardest for people who do not have outdoor space, the insanely talented Rob Ryan sent out a limited edition print to 1,000 people experiencing lockdown without a garden. It reminds us that the days are short, the days are long, but behind these windows, but within these walls, our thoughts are still free. The marvellous 717 Candles, who create mood-boosting vegan-friendly candles which smell amazing and support mental health charities by donating a percentage of their sales, announced this week that they have donated over 33,000 to mental health charities. Over 33,000! Well done, ladies. I'm so proud of you and everything that you do. And the talented Anya Hindmarsh has worked with University College London to create a holster for frontline NHS staff so that they can carry everything they need whilst doing their gruelling shifts. It's made from a wipeable and washable fabric to satisfy infection control with harness-like straps for comfort and a host of pockets for belongings. The NHS holster prevents dropping items from pockets in scrubs and allows them to have what they need to hand and they've also added a little NHS heroes embroidered on the front practical and caring do check out Anya's website for more information the last 60 days have been quite something they've been a mix of possibly some of the hardest work and longest days I've ever done as well as some of the most self-reflective For the first time in my working life, I have started to really care and reconnect with myself. So with 40 business bulletins, 23 Instagram live interviews, 80 parties and eight podcasts under my belt, I am taking a moment to breathe. Don't worry, though, it's just a very short pause this week. And next week, all of our SME SOS content will be back. But I do have a very exciting announcement. Conversations of Inspiration, the podcast, will be back on Monday, the 1st of June. And what a lineup we have for Series 8. Each conversation is such an honour and I cannot wait to get started again. So make sure you are subscribed on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss it. And finally, I always ask... But would you rate, review and share this podcast? By rating and reviewing this podcast, it basically means more small businesses will be able to find it. And I just can't tell you what your help would mean to me. I'd like to take this opportunity again to say thank you to NatWest Dell 3 and Royal Mail for helping us to bring this free podcast special to life. And finally, thank you to you. Because you're the wind beneath my wings and I want to wish you, your families and your business all the very best. Stay safe, stay in and I'm sending you all so much love. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown You will find that all the things that I have said Will come true when you are lying